Hi everybody, Ken Krogh and Tom Harrison talking about Eternal Core. We're very excited about this new community and event that we're talking about at the end of March. You've had some really neat experiences about this concept of Eternal Core, Tom. Do you mind just walking us through what it even means and what it's all about? No matter who I've ever treated or been with and really gotten to know, after a period of time, all the trappings of the world start to leave and kind of fall off. And you start to see the core person. And initially, they're really cautious with that. And you have to create a safe space for that to happen. The vision of Eternal Core was where we could come together as a community in that space. A safe space. Yeah, a safe space, a, a, a community safe space, an individual. But we have to provide within that space, and we have to provide in that space, a gradation where they can come in initially and they can come and go. They can come and listen and then try and figure it out or see if this fits them. And then when they find that this is a trusted space, that they're not going to get hurt, they're not going to be beat up, they're not going to be accused, they're not going to be diagnosed, <laughs> but they are going to come in and they can open themselves up where they're at to this new learning and to a community. That's why we're going to have on the Eternal Core platform a place where people can come and tell core stories. Yeah. And they can talk about themselves and where they were when they found that core self, when they experienced that, and then the different, the transformation that takes place in their life from when they were just kind of going out in the world and portraying this false self, portraying who the world tells them they are, to being able to find themselves in that space and find a community that is welcoming and safe and secure for them to function in and for them to learn. Learning is a different process than education. When we truly learn at that core self level, we then bring it in and attach it to who we are. Mm. Where the other is, I got to know this for a test. Yeah. I got to know this to get my degree. I got to know this so I'll have something to talk about at the next Christmas party at work. Yeah, we or, memorize it, but it's not really part of us. Right. Or we only bring it out when we're feeling anxious and no one really gets to know that anxious place within us because we think nothing good's going to come from anxiety. No, there is a place in anxiety which allows us to open ourselves, but it's, it's very painful to do that. And where we usually just stay is on the fringes of that, and all we want to do is get rid of it instead of looking at what it has to offer and what it has to unfold about who we really are. Well, I'm really excited. We've, we've decided what we're going to do is launch an event on the 29th and 30th of March at the Little America Hotel. We've invited some amazing speakers. 
uh, practitioners, clinicians, but more than that, this is, this is not a community for them alone. This is a community for regular people right. who want to learn, who want to rub shoulders with other people who might have had similar mm. challenges. Yeah. Caregivers. Yeah. Therapists. Uh, I don't know any family, I don't know any individual that isn't personally touched by a mental health issue. Either yes. an addiction yes. or a depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder or a difficulty that happened after an illness or a difficult pregnancy or postpartum depression, wow. depression. You know, any of those structures set people up to learn. And sometimes people go, I'm too frightened. I'm at this place and it's really scary for me. And I don't know where to go, but then they build walls around themselves and then they stay in that negative space. Yes. Instead of going, I'm here, this is opening me to something else. Is there a community where I can come to, where I can interact with other people that have had postpartum depression like I did, where I didn't even want to get up in the morning, where, where I couldn't even look at that baby in the face where I thought my husband's going to leave me any day because wow. the man he married can't show up anymore. You know, I, I don't even know who I'm. I can't even recognize myself. And to go on and listen to other people talk about those moments and those experiences and then realizing that there was healing and that people did come back from that and that they can create that place and they can interact with those people if other people who are on the site want to interact with them. Or they can engage with one of our clinicians or one of our speakers and listen to what they say and, and listen to what they have to say. Because sometimes when we're in those horrible places, Ken, we, we don't have the energy to read a whole article. Yeah. We don't have the energy or the capacity. Our brain is so frazzled that it can't even get around the concept, let alone going and meeting someone that we've never yeah. met before. You know, guys, I was there. I, I had a, a significant car accident. I won't go into details in this episode today, but September 2nd, 2015, I got in a head-on collision um, 55 miles an hour that completely changed my world and I was in a place where all of a sudden my behavior changed I couldn't speak well I couldn't I couldn't write anymore so I've, I've been on a journey back from that and and that's when I met Tom and I said Tom this is get this is amazing what you've helped me achieve but more than that Tom was more of a guide and he helped me he helped me get involved with healing through our Heavenly Father, from God. And, you know, you've been involved 40 years as a practitioner, as a therapist, and you've seen all different changes in, in the psychiatric and psychological professions. And, I mean, in an earlier episode, we talked about some of the major milestones when uh, the pharmacological ap approach really became popular. But when I met with you, it was almost... It was a spiritual experience as well as a, a mental and emotional. When was it that you realized 
God needed to be in the process if people were really going to get better. Tell, tell us more about that and what is this whole eternal core thing about? Well, all of you that have you know, gone to college or gone to graduate school, you know that initially you're just learning theory. Yeah. And you're learning uh, enough to be able to spit it back on a test so that people can say, you read it, you have the ability to comprehend what you read, you have the capacity to learn. You know, I taught in, in a university setting for 30 years, and I know that a lot of it is just finding out, can these students learn? Do they have the capacity to learn? Because if they have the capacity to learn, then when they finally graduate, when we give them that degree, they can go out and they will have a lifetime of learning. I remember in that process, in those seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years of postgraduate work, finally I thought, do I really understand? Am I internalizing what I'm learning? Or do I just have these little gimmicks you know, can I put a patient through a maze or can mm. I put them through or a, protocol. a protocol? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I learned that I could put them through a protocol, but there was something missing. And at times I would connect with that patient or that client and it would accelerate the learning. It would accelerate the healing when that relationship moved to that higher level to where, again, it wasn't just, you know, there's that doctor-patient relationship that you learn in graduate school, but it's more than that. It is where you become real to the person, you become trusted, you become someone that can really help them access that higher level of knowledge, which is above you. It's like Yoda. Yoda wasn't just telling him what he knew, he was getting that from the force. He was engaging that information from a higher power. Yes. And then it wasn't just Yoda's ego, not like Darth Vader. It was all about the dark side and Darth and his power. No, it was above it. And see, all of us are born with that in us. Yeah. If you understand how the brain works and if you understand human development especially the development in children and teenagers, they know that at some level. They know they are more than just this animal species on planet Earth. They realize that there is a connection beyond that, and they want to find that out. They want to connect yeah. at that level. But look, what do we throw at them? We throw rock stars, we throw football, football players, hero, yeah. basketball heroes, yeah. you know, people sexually inappropriately dressed, pornography, we throw all that at them and they go, oh, if this is all you have, then I guess I was wrong. I guess there really isn't that higher level. Yeah. We call that religious, but it is within all of us. All of us have that within us that desired access to that higher level of learning, that higher yeah. power. The eternal. And, and that's why, yeah, the eternal. That's why we call it the eternal core, because you connect with your eternalness. 
Something more than yeah, the here and be- now. Because I'm not talking to something that is going to die, be put in the ground, and that's all. There's no more Ken Crow. And some people believe that. But I know that you are more than a mere mortal, that you are an eternal being, that you have lived before you came here, and you will live after you leave this planet, after your carcass is placed in a box or burned up or wherever it goes, that you are eternal. And when we hook people into that eternal process, it's amazing what happens. The energy around it, the conceptualizations grow, they see themselves totally different, and they believe that they and the help of a professional can fix this. It's not just relying on drugs, or it's not just relying on education or some degree that this person has gained. It is they have transcended beyond that degree. They have transcended beyond that process. And they, just in their being, teach us how to mutually move into that space which allows all knowledge, all healing, all movement forward, and you start looking at things differently. You start treating people differently. You see the world differently. You see your illness differently. Because before, the illness was keeping me from being me. Where now, you look at that illness totally different, and you realize that you can move You can move above the illness, below the illness, around the illness. You can see it differently and you can transcend out of that process. So God-centric healing is bring where you are with your God. This is not just Catholic or Muslim or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Jewish or people who believe in the universe. Bring your God, bring your belief to the structure, and we can help you enhance that with a community that believes and agrees and will move you forward in that process. I remember early on as I was coming to to see you, as I was trying to recover, you got on me a little bit. I kept talking about I, 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 me, I don't me, think I got me. on you a little bit. I think, you got, I, <laughs> I, think you I got on you with both feet. Yes. Yeah. And, but all of a sudden it clicked. Talk about that. The, I mean, there's a beautiful model that's part of this eternal core that you taught me every time I'd say the word I or me. that I was having problems seeing something bigger. We are taught in this life that, you know, there's nobody that's going to watch out for you except you. So you have to be the one who's always watching out. And yeah, we have to be in tune with self-care and we have to be in tune with what's going on with us. But the more we are involved in just the I structure instead of the I am, the I structure, it's all about us. It reinforces narcissism. It reinforces, this is all about me. And so we approach life, we approach marriage, we approach intimacy, we approach food, we approach learning, we approach religion, everything from, what's this got for me? Yes, I was the leader of a pretty good-sized business. Huge I'd business. spent 15 years 
building up my brand and my company's brand and helping other people build their brand and you know blogging and writing and I, I, I and that was supposed to be a good thing right but I was on a pathway where I couldn't get out of it it was, right. it, it was like you know a, a, a grave with the ends kicked out is a, is a rut right. <laughs> I was in a deep right. one right and and it took a major accident but even after the accident I didn't see it right and that I versus the I am was profound. It's a game changer. It's an attitude adjustment. It's, yes. It is a cognitive process in your mind where you think, I have been thinking about me for decades. Yes. And it doesn't expand it. It doesn't bring it to a higher level. It keeps you from being able to see people except a Harvard business lunch. What am I gonna get out of this? How's this gonna help my bottom line? And how much money am I gonna get in the bank with that? If not, I'm not gonna to go to lunch with that person. And when you move out of that eye focus and move into this is another eternal being, what have they learned in this process? What is their core value? How do they see themselves? How have they dealt with these processes in life? then what happens is it gets changed, it gets turned, it gets moved, and a whole corridor opens up, and we see people differently. And we can have many different conversations because they know it's not about what you're going to get out of it. It's yeah. that I care about you as another eternal core being. Wow. And in that we start seeing our bodies different. We start seeing the universe inside of us anew, differently. And it changes us because we realize we are not in this alone. And this is just another step to the next opening. We just keep, the envelopes just keep opening instead of, well, I didn't get my needs, so I'm not going to do that again. Well, and our injury or our condition or our affliction is not us. It isn't. You know, you know you've talked about a three-act play. What do you mean by that? We lived before. We existed before. We have a memory of that. And that's where our brains function best in. So that's our first act. When we shut it off, what happens is we say, that's a lie. That is not true. And so we rid ourselves of all that eternal structure that we came with. Wow. I remember when I was in graduate school, we were taught that we were all just white pieces of paper with no writing on them. And that only here is the only place we put that. Well, we find now that our brains are full of information right when they come out of the canal. These babies have all this data, all this information. All, they have to get and, it somewhere. Right. And they come with that structure. And if we believe in them and we allow that, they are open this way. If not, then it's all funneled. And when that information becomes funneled, it all becomes about us and about me and what I'm going to get out of this and how much money I have in the bank and how many cars I have and how fancy my clothing is, and would I rather be with Sally than Margaret? We get caught in that rut, and some people just stay there forever. If we open to that possibility 
then it opens us to all the possibilities of the second act. And we are living in the second act right now. I've had the wonderful opportunity of being clinically dead. More and, than once. And when you're clinically dead, I'm processing everybody around me. I'm processing the doctor and the nurse and the anesthesiologist and my wife out in the waiting room. And I'm processing me on the gurney. Mm. And that gives you an amazing sense of this is not just something that my brain is doing out of stress, which is one of the theories, that I'm just coping with this stress. No, I am as real and alive. I just am outside of that shell that is now on the gurney that they are shooting epinephrine into my heart and giving me respiratory massage on my heart and on my lungs to try and get me to be alive again, it changes your whole dynamic. So some of this comes from a near-death experience. It opens up that whole other door and it enhances that process of where you're going to be. Because when I had my near-death experience, one thing that really hit me was the difference between this body that was standing there outside of my body and this body that was on the table. Mm. And everything in this spiritual body was saying, you got to narrow the gap, Tom. And at this time, I was trying to become famous. I wanted to get more degrees. I wanted to teach at more universities. I wanted to write more books. I wanted to become an entity. I wanted to become a household word. And I thought, what a waste of time. You know, I'm, I'm spending all this time trying to convince people that I'm important and you should get to know me to if I just change that around, if I just show my interest in them and their eternal structure, that's when people open up. That's when people heal. And all you have to do is model it. You know, just... Just do it with them. Just like Yoda did. Because you can see where, where Luke is doing it inappropriately and you just model the process and the eternal part of us takes over and learns that. And we are comfortable in that because we're eternal beings. All the stars out there that we see every night, they're going to explode after millions of years. But that eternal core within us will always be. I know that is true because I've experienced it. It's not just a funny uh, theory for me. And I want to share the good news that it's not just freaky, weird science. We have lived, we do live, and we're going to live forever. And under that process, we come together and as a community, we help each other in ways that are untouchable with the I focus. And see, that's the I am focus. Christ came. He was the great I am. He opened himself totally to the Father's will. It wasn't about him. It was about us. He put it all on the line for us. Literally. Because he knew if he didn't, no one else could. 
and my issue is within those structures, there is a new path, a new road to wellness, a new road to being okay with our eternal person, our internal person. And I got this image through a, a dream that I had one night of creating this process. And I thought, well, I can really get behind that. And it would be a waste of time if I was the only one that could, <laughs> but maybe we could get some other people behind this. I love it. And maybe in getting other people behind this, we can change some major dynamics and we can give these teenagers and these kids something to look forward to, something that they can emulate, something that they can move after, and they can believe that they can be an amazing change agent also. Instead of just feeling like I'm stuck in this depression, I'll be taking these pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life, and this is as good as it gets. Well, I have been through this process myself, and I have found that when I embraced the I am, when I looked at my life through God's eyes, I realized this is temporary, this illness, this injury, and shortly thereafter, some of the significant effects I was having were gone. So I, I raised my hand and say, I'm in. And, and I think that's why we're so excited about the eternal core. We're inviting you to be part of this community where we just all pull together. We, we focus on some of the research that's starting to come to life. There's some amazing things we're starting to discover of people who take a faith-based or a God-centered approach in their mental and emotional and spiritual health. And so if, if you'll just come to the site and watch... Eternal, Eternalcore.org. And watch some of the podcasts of some of the people that we're going to have come, I think you're going to be really intrigued. And uh, take the leap. Come join us. I think you'll be very surprised and you'll find a lot of wonderful eternal remembering starting to happen. So join us. We're launching now the podcast, the vidcast. So whether you're driving in the car or, or you want to tune into you know, YouTube or Facebook, we'll have these two of these a week. All of our speakers are going to join us. In fact, our goal is to have 30 episodes before we launch the event on March 29th and 30th, the Little America Hotel, eternalcore.org. Please join us.